Hi, everyone. This is Carrie Bellog. I am the founder and chief groupie of Brand Groupies Consulting, where we obsess about your brands. Build your brand, rock your brand, and fans will come. Welcome to the Brand Groupies podcast, where we interview local entrepreneurs about building and rocking their brands. And uh, I know I get very excited about my guests, but today I'm extra, extra excited because today we have Mr. Carlos Serrano here, uh, otherwise known as the Empanada Guy. So um, welcome, Carlos, uh, to the podcast today. Thank you for having me. So um, the Empanada Guy, you have nine food trucks and three restaurants right now in New Jersey with huge plans to expand nationwide. But I am so excited to hear about your story and everything that you went through to build this household name in the area mm. and this incredible brand. So yeah. so one day you um, you brought leftover empanadas to work. Yep. You said to your boss, try my empanadas. Yep. And what did he say to you? Um. Pretty much keeping it a PG, you know, um, never had him before. So, because okay. um, he's from the Hillsdale, Westwood area up in Bergen County. And uh, Gary goes, this is delicious, you know, because I, I also brought other food, leftover food from Thanksgiving. So, um, out of that batch, he was so intrigued with the empanadas we had that I brought him. So, um, one thing led to another. He came back in the office. He's like, man, I never had this stuff. What is it? I said, well, it's nothing major. It's something that, uh, it's a, a common, uh, uh, hors d'oeuvre uh, appetizer that we have in most Latin countries. It's nothing major, nothing fancy. And then we put hot sauce on it. And cause we, that's what we were into at the time, hot sauce. Um, and then from there, we just basically, he, he looked at me and go, Carlos, man, I, I've never, he, 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 an hour later, he comes in and he just spontaneously goes, if you sold this to the white people, you'd be rich. Literally. That's what he said to me. Um, but there, there's a message behind that. And what he's trying to tell me is that how come this is not in our culture in Bergen mm -hmm. County? How come it's, it's not available? And, and that was the, the moral of the story. Okay. And I said, how come it's not in Westwood? How come it's not in Hillsdale? And uh, Rivervale, et cetera. That's where we were at. But that's where he lives at. So, um, you know, I went back home in my sexy minivan, <laughs> you know, Windstar. And uh, I started thinking. I said, yeah, I love cooking. I always had a passion for cooking. I never went, never took culinary school, never went to a class. I, I did high school uh, cooking class, got a D in it. Um, you know, it just, it just wasn't on, in my radar to go into the culinary world. I was in human services, um, special needs. Uh, that's what I did for over 17 years straight out of college. Um, so I was in a total different world. It's uh, one day I'm doing that, and then all of a sudden I, I'm digging, I'm putting my feet into the food industry. And with that comes a lot of challenges, a lot of struggles. You got to mm -hmm. learn about temperature, food, hygiene, et cetera, et cetera. And from that moment on, I was driving back and, you know, going home and then coming back and then saying, you know what, this this makes this might make sense. 
There's no representation on the product. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why. I mean, sure. You have the big companies out there pumping them out in the, in the freezer section, but uh, nobody really puts a face on it like you were Kentucky Fried Chicken, mm-hmm. um, Taco Bell. You know, there's just, and if you go to other Latin countries, you see empanadas everywhere in yeah. every corner. Just and, like pizza. Yeah, here. pizza's mm-hmm. humongous. But um, it was just kind of strange that such a great product that the Latin community loves and Europeans mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. But it's not when you come here to the United States, you don't see it nowhere. So what did you do? So that day happened. Mm-hmm. You thought about it. How did you you know, take the first step to actually? Well, um, I'm, I'm an impulse person. I really I just react. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not good. A lot of uh, I just OK, do it. And then, you know. Um, things work out. Sometimes they don't work out. But I knew right off the bat that there, it made sense that mm, there is no concept for this right now. And also at the time, personally, I was going through, um, I was distraught. I lost my dream. I I, uh, I just uh, had two businesses. It kind of failed for many different reasons. So I came back to work. I walked out of that job over two years ago prior to that. And um, went to pursue my my business, my dream. It didn't work out. Came back with my tail between my legs, mm. but the company took me back because I did I did a good job. So you never burn your bridges wherever you work. Mm-hmm. And and that was the message that I if I if I can if anybody's listening that, that anything you do always do your best. Don't crap where. You, you know, you work at, mm-hmm. treat people right. And you know what? Sometimes you have to move on and pursue a dream, but don't leave people hanging, mm-hmm. you know. And and when I came back, I said, Gary, I need a job, man, because I was yeah. doing some other stuff. He goes, come back, man. I need you. Great. You know, and, and it worked out. And then I was blessed six months later with this crazy idea. Yeah. And um, a year a year from the time I told Gary, Gary told me this, I walked out of the job again. <laughs> I said, this time is for real. Okay. I'm going to build this, you know, and that's what happened. All right. So how did you walk away? Were you selling um, empanadas before you walked away? Or you yeah, did, yeah. Okay. What, what so happened was, yeah, it wasn't that, that easy. <laughs> uh, it, it was basically I started, you know, figuring, researching the dough, researching the meat, and I started mm-hmm. making it out of my garage. Mm-hmm. I had a big, beautiful house. And, uh, and what town was this? I was living in Hillside. In Hillside, okay. In the Westminster area. Right. Beautiful neighborhood. Phil Rizzuto was my neighbor. You know, I, I was 35 years old. Um, and I, I just, I was, I lost it emotionally. I, you know, we just got through 9-11. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my wife were just, um, we were beat up like most of Americans. And, um, but um, that moment happened where I said, you know what? I'm going to do something where I don't have to depend on someone else. That was the core of my mission. Mm-hmm. It wasn't much of that disemparada. It could have been anything else because in my other previous business, I had to depend on certain people and, and certain um, companies. But this time, I, I'm going to depend on myself. So I started making them just for family and stuff. And I said, you know what? I could do this manually. So I started making empanadas manually with a plastic uh, closer. And let me tell you, man, it was, my hands are, but my hands were hurting, but, um, I got a strange satisfaction of doing that because 
I didn't have a clock on me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have people depend that I had to depend on. I didn't have vendors I had to depend. I didn't have to depend on nobody. Yeah. I said I can make as much as I want of this, right? And Any my wife was like, night? "Yeah, yeah, okay." <laughs> I said, "You know what? I'm going to make a hundred of them right now, and I'm going to sell them." And it was that simple. And it was like one plus one is two. And so if I can sell a hundred, I can sell five hundred. So I started making them. Okay. And and I said, you know what? I converted the garage into a beautiful Florida room. It's I have pictures and I put it on Facebook the other day. I mean, it looks better than a lot of people's mm-hmm. restaurant. I mean, it I turned it and my wife mm-hmm. is like, okay, whatever. Uh, but I converted into like a family with a nice kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um it looked really nice so that when I'm not cooking, I can enjoy, you know, the room. Sure. So I started rocking there, had some freezers, and then I found a, a, a small commissary deli that I was uh, I was able to rent in the area and put all my supplies there and okay. started doing some from there. And I started uh, getting little, little small businesses like delis and liquor stores and uh, and then it evolves to diners and bigger restaurants. And they started buying from me. Oh. So it started getting crazy. So my first order from that conversation with Gary, I dropped off some samples right down the street from work at 8 o'clock in the morning. By 10 o'clock in the morning, I got a phone call from a a liquor store deli run by this Jewish gentleman. Great guy. I dropped off sample. I said, hey, try it out. Let me know. He calls me by 10 a.m. He goes, hey, I just tried the empanadas. I love them. Can you drop off 200 of them starting Friday? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I said, okay, no problem. I hang up, and I yeah. looked at Gary. I said, Gary, I just got my first order, and now is the beginning. Wow. So the 200, to me, it was real simple because I understood if I can sell 200, I can sell 2,000 mm-hmm. in one day. And that's okay. how I – that was my thinking. Now, it took me many years to do that, but uh, I was able to do that. And what year was this? I would say, gosh, 2002, 2003. Okay. That was, and I, and I did that business like that. And then I started getting into festivals Mm -hmm. and I started uh, doing a lot of those with uh, a 10 by 10 tent and a turkey burner. Oh, before the trucks. Oh yeah. The truck wasn't even part of my vision at the time at all. The, The truck vision came in later. It came probably 2000. Uh, 2011, 2000, mm-hmm. at the end of 2010. Okay. That's when it hit me, really. Got it. So so you left your job. You started. <laughs> um... <laughs> what a mess. I, I can't believe I walked out of the job. Hey, I'm going to make it bananas. I'm sorry. I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I got a salary, yes. medical insurance. And Gary's looking at me, okay, you're nuts, you know. So what happened between the tent and getting your first truck? With your red branding, your face on yeah. the front. I just think there that was is no the branding. coolest thing. Yeah, but there was no branding yeah. from 2012 to 2000, mm-hmm, 2000, I think 2009 or 2000, yeah, 2009 I started. When okay. did, when did, um, um, uh, not what? Facebook, oh, what? Uh, uh, MySpace started around there, okay. MySpace. Around yeah. when MySpace started coming out, mm-hmm. I came out. And um, I kind of dug it a little bit. And then immediately Facebook started hitting. And then my wife goes, Carlos, you got to check this thing out. It's called Facebook. I was like, I don't want to hear people's problems. I'm not into people, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at it. I was like, okay, this is a lot easier than this. Mm -hmm. And I like the setup. So you were uh, early on. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was 2008 when I started with the Facebook Mm -hmm. thing. 
Um, and I said, wow, this is a, a stage. It's free. There's lights, there's colors, everything. All I got to do is upload pictures mm -hmm. and videos and uh, I don't have to pay for it. Yeah. I was broke. I had no money. I was filing for bankruptcy, uh, bankruptcy already. So um, I said, well, okay, that, I'll just do stupid shit and, mm -hmm. and, and just do it. And then I started getting a strange cult following. From, from Facebook? Yeah, yeah. from Facebook. Um, spontaneously, I like to wear red and black. You know, I have my bandana. Mm -hmm. I, Gigi then told me, you know, these, I, I used to make fun of her Crocs. I said, oh, you know, I will never wear that. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and then I put them on or something. And I said, wow, these are comfortable. And I, I had to use them one day for cooking or whatever. And I spent like 12 hours on my feet. I said, Gigi, these are great. These are I great. like them. Yeah. And then I said, I wonder if I can find them in red. And I went online, I ordered them in red. Yeah. So, and that was, you know, I, I think uh, branding became, uh, was, came to me by default. It sure, wasn't, it was I'm not that smart. I just, things just came to me and I was like, oh, okay. And then, and then I said, okay, I could coordinate with the red and the bandana and my, uh, the Crocs. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was strange stuff. It wasn't like, okay, I, I sat down with a consulting um, marketing yeah. group and they said, okay, you need to do this. No, I never did that. And so the empanada guy, like people would just say, like, "Oh, there he is, the empanada guy." Is that how it? Kind yeah. Of well, at the time, I was a man. Okay. But then you know. Oh, the I empanada to, man. Okay. Yeah, I was a man, and yes. uh, but because of uh, legal uh, uh, trademark. Uh, okay. Because. Um, guy is cooler. Yeah, <laughs> because what happened was somebody owns that somewhere yes. out in California. So, um, uh, just to speed up the time frame here, timeline. Um, we had to, uh, I had to contact my attorney, uh, a licensing attorney, because I was, I was picked to go on national television on Lifetime to do a reality sh a show mm -hmm. called, uh, Supermarket Superstar. Mm -hmm. So I said, yeah, I'm in Panada, man, I got this. And I said, well, is that trademark? I no, really? I just put it on my truck. He said, you designed a whole entire truck with your name on it? I go, yeah. You put man on it? I go, yep. He goes, Carlos, you Ooh. need to take it off. I go, Why? Because somebody else owns it. Oh, no. And if you go on national television with that, yes. you're going to have a big lawsuit. Yeah. So I was like, oh, man, are you serious? I got to take that off? So I just take the man off and I said, I don't, what am I going to call? Empanada. Yeah. King Empanada. <laughs> I don't know. I said, yeah, guy. Guy. Just call me guy. Guy. It was Very a last cool. minute thing. So I had to change that. Nice. And um, and as far as the um, the outside of your truck with, uh, I remember you saying that, you know, the first truck you had it being, you know, um, done up and then it was unveiled and your your face was on this huge truck. How did that feel? No, I felt, <laughs> felt well, think about it. How would you feel yeah. if you're driving a 20 foot trailer with your face on it? <laughs> yeah. All over, and everybody's looking at like you. Honking. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I, I know. I'm, I've gotten used, used to it to now. It. Yeah. But let me tell you, in the beginning, I told the guy that wrapped the truck in the beginning. I mm -hmm. said, "Look, it doesn't. You know, I don't need it that big. Just put a little picture of me here sure. on one side. So when I go pick it up with my friend, we get there. I see my picture on both sides. I said, "Dude, what are you doing? I don't. I said, dude, you need to have it on both sides. You're, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, I have to give him credit. It was uh, that part wasn't my idea. Yes, <laughs> you know? I know. I know. It's so much. It's, it's so weird. <laughs> easy. Also, yeah. when I tell my clients too, you know, put your you're the face of the brand, put your face out there. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so easy to tell them that. But then to do it yourself and kind yeah. of get used to used to that. But but you very hard. You to... ran with it. And I think uh, yeah. you have uh, I, I just love the, the brilliant um, the name, the logo, like everything yeah. goes together with your. But a, a lot so. of it. Um, for those that, that are in, that are getting into their business or trying to recreate their business through branding and marketing, I, I think marketing and branding is something that you have to look inside yourself and mm-hmm. who you are. Yes, your authentic self. You have to be sense. real. You can't just like, okay, it's like all these empanada trucks are coming out now. Mm-hmm. You know, where were they mm-hmm. when I first started? Yeah. The only reason they're trying to park next to me now is because they're trying to follow the money. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. But they're, they're going to get, you know, it, it, they're going to get stumped on because eventually the customers are going to realize is they, the quality is different. Yeah. The branding is different. And there's a story behind what I do. Absolutely. And, and it's not authentic part. when you see other people copying what you're doing. And that's mm-hmm. a big problem. And, uh, you know, I see people doing the same stuff I'm doing on my truck. They're doing it. It's like, come on, be, be original. Yes. You know, yes. do it for yourself. Yeah. Tell the customer your story. Mm-hmm. What's your story? You were in the military. You did this. You did that. You, you know, if it's if you were homeless one day and you decided to build a truck and tell the people who you are. Don't try to copy and panala guy mm-hmm. because I only have my story is you know you don't want to go through my story, but. Everybody has their own story, yes. you know, and, and it's not the point about original. empanadas. I don't care. You can have 30,000 empanadas, mm-hmm. but I think people that are building their business, they're going about it with the wrong intentions. Mm-hmm. Do it for the right intent. Do it for you, for your wife, your kids, mm-hmm. and represent your business, your product the way, you know. But I see a lot of people just buying crap at freezer, and... f- uh, 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 supermarkets, you know, buying freezing stuff mm-hmm. from people with preservative. And then they're selling out of their truck. And, uh, you know, and that's why I'm, I do better than them. Yeah. Because the, well, eventually the can, customers see that. They know. They know. And they feel it. And like I said, too, um, I always say it uh, evokes an emotion. Like your branding. They, mm-hmm. they know you. And, and also I want to ask about your family because your family's involved. Your wife, yes. Gigi. And mm-hmm. um, tell us a little bit about your family involvement. And It's, um, I... That- you know, empanada guy, it should be my wife's face on the truck. Yes. <laughs> literally. Um, because I can. I only took the business to a certain level. Um, and then, you know, you have to know your place after mm-hmm. a while. And you and a lot of guys and a lot of girls, th- there comes a time where you got to humble yourself and say, you know what? I can only mm-hmm. take it this far. Uh, Gigi's a lot smarter, sharper. If you ever meet her, she is the, the real McCoy. Um it's amazing because she used to run a law firm for years, and that woman was never appreciated for what she mm. did. And uh, I just, I always told her, "I'm going to get you out of there. I'm going to get you out of there." And she made good money. And uh, I said, "With the empanada business, <laughs> I'm going to get you out of there." And I yeah. did. I was yeah. able to accomplish that, um, and I'm very proud of that. That mm-hmm. one of the biggest things, besides my kids being proud, I'm proud of one thing: is that I was able to bring home my wife mm. to make her a full-time mommy. Yeah. Now it's not a full-time mommy. Now she's a full-time CEO. <laughs> she's <a> CEO. <laughs> now she's like bossing me around along with uh, Tanya, my director of operation, yes. Christina. Everybody bosses me around. I'm just this prima donna person that walks around the office. <laughs> well, I love and, your entourage. <laughs> yeah, it, it's but it's it's a team, you know, and it, it is, really it uh, is. is but uh, she's basically um, 
she she's um she's my rock yeah. she really is she she's she makes i'm too emotional i'm like no mm-hmm. screw you let's go out you know mm-hmm. and she goes no, no no let's think about this let's do this let's do that and then uh she's um and then the kids get involved and you have so, three daughters yes correct? and okay. they hate working with Beautiful me daughters yeah very good good kids um <laughs> but they hate working with they me because i'm so demanding i'm so like ah, i'm a pain in the ass you know <laughs> um but um Oh, you must inspire them so much. They work hard. They come in. They do everything we ask them to do. Either Mm -hmm. run them all, work production. They do it all. Yeah. Uh, Just keep me out of it. What a great role model. I mean, that's incredible. And work ethic, too, is something that you you mentioned. uh, Or, I mean, I I, and I also um, heard you talk about um, at your last um, event um, about your upbringing. And was it your grandmother? Yeah. yeah, Very, very inspired by my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And, uh. The way she went about life, uh, you know, with, I think, second grade education. She raised 16, 20 kids in the house. Mm. Uh, She used to kill chickens with her hands. I mean, she was old school. And she was amazing. Um, She'd go to church twice a week uh, in in Puerto Rico. (laughs) It's really Mm. funny. You know, we have these massive hills out in Villalba. And uh, to get... Down in back in the days, you you just don't call a cab and they show up to your door. You have to walk like three uh, three blocks, and the blocks are like a mile. And then you go to the end of the street, you catch a jeep. That's what they have, jeeps. Um, and they pick you up in a jeep, you know. And that's what she used to do. She'd walk up these hills. And when I got there in 1983. I was, it was a culture shock. I was like, oh, no, I used to live in Coral Gables, Florida. You know, I was, you know, it was different air conditioning. Uh-huh. Yeah. And when I got there to live with my grandmother, what a culture shock that was. But um, she walked around with her fat King James Bible mm. and she used to preach the word and tell me, you know, you got to work. You got to keep your room clean. You got to do this. She used to drive me nuts. Oh, she was yes. a pain in the ass. She yeah. was tough. She was she was brutal. And that's why everybody like loves living with her for a little bit and everybody will leave because she was tough. <laughs> but her message was, mm-hmm. if you're going to do something, do it, do it right. And don't quit. Mm-hmm. And, and have faith in God. And, uh, she, she really brought me, uh, you know, I didn't appreciate it at the time, but it took me years until I got married. And I, I started realizing, you know, all the stuff that she used to tell me. Now I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. she was, she was so That's on point. Right. But um, I was inspired by her work ethic, her commitment to Christ, her commitment to um, to working hard and, and and stopping the nonsense. And everybody else was doing drugs and doing mm-hmm. this and stealing. And, and she would she was like running a, a rehab center mm-hmm. in, at her house. Basically, yeah. that's what she did, because our our family, most of our family was in, involved in drugs. Mm. You know, cocaine, mm. marijuana, uh, all the crap, alcoholism. I mean, she or my grandfather was an alcoholic and he was like six, five. He used to beat up on her mm. and she was like four foot and she was a tough woman. She wow. she put up with his crap. Um, he died at a very young age. I think I was about five or four years old when he mm-hmm. died. But man, that poor woman put up with not only her husband, <clears throat> but my mother who had drug problems, mm. uh, my uncle who drank a lot and uh, and my other aunt who I love who passed away a couple of years ago with drugs and alcoholism. Oh, 
and my other uncle. I mean, it was yes. a mess. It, it, our house was it was a crackalina house, so you know. You, Everybody was on something. So you had um so she instilled this this work ethic in you and then you left there. Mm-hmm. And um when did you when did you arrive in New Jersey? Were I you, was born and raised in New Jersey. You were. Okay, yeah. okay. So you left and, and came back? Yeah, what happened was uh when I was born uh, here in Newark, um yep. single parent, my father, my mom, you know, they just uh they they couldn't mm-hmm. coexist. Okay. Um uh, my dad, you know, in his words, tried to stay to, to stay around me, but that wasn't working because he started his new life. He got mm-hmm. a new wife. Okay. He had his own kids. My mom was a very difficult, complicated human being, uh, tough, but yet she's loving. Um, yeah, you know, so she did whatever awesome. it took to make money. Mm-hmm, you know, she mm-hmm. she she became a stripper. Uh-huh. Um, she then got into drugs, and then um, throughout it all, I um, she got a stepfather. Uh, my stepfather. Came into my life, which it was a double-edged sword. Mm. He he gave me everything my real dad couldn't give me: okay. love, compassion. I mean, he hugged me, tell me he loved me. He treated me like I was his own son for years before he got murdered when I was about twelve years old. Oh gosh, so yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was an incredible human being. However, with that, he loved my mother mm-hmm. like passionately. So, but they had this crazy relationship between both of them they would travel the world because he started making mm-hmm. money doing mm-hmm. narcotics he was a, he became a big drug dealer mm-hmm. in the northeast mm-hmm. and uh i saw him we were broke living in in the in, in the in the projects i'll never forget uh you name every project in newark we lived in them so my backyard was a fire escape i'll never forget hanging out in the fire escape all the way on top and um you know food stamps and the welfare and all that crap you know and that's the stuff that kind of um, crippled my family. I saw it throughout the family. Not only that, my community. But um, I saw my dad, uh, my stepfather, was like, we're going to get out of this, whatever it takes. And he used Very to come resilient. home with luggages. Luggage. I was like, why do you need luggage? You know? <clears throat> and what's in there, there's thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of dollars in there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you need that to, mm-hmm. to move merchandise. And uh, I knew by the time I was about... I would say nine years old, eight years old, that we we weren't working nine to five at a factory. Yeah. We were we were moving millions of pounds oh. of cocaine. Wow. So yeah, that must lot. have shaped you. Your, I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, cha- I did have a conversation with my stepfather right before mm-hmm. he got murdered. And he got murdered for something that had nothing to do with the drugs or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just a freak accident, what happened. But um, he said to me, and I'm so glad he did because I guess it was his... Uh, I think the Lord was working through him to tell me, he said, listen, man, I screwed up. This is all I know. I don't have an education. I came from Cuba and this is all I know. My goal is to give you a good education, give you a good home to live in, feed you, take care of your, your mom and your two little brothers. And from here on, I want you to get educated and become something. Mm. I don't want you to do what I do. So he went under the bed, he pulled out this big luggage, he threw it on the bed and he opened it. And there was, I don't know how many millions of dollars must have been in there. And uh, he goes, you see this? This is all I got. And uh, if I if I get shot tomorrow, they get a bullet through my head, at least you got this and you can move on. Wow. And that's that was a conversation we had. Wow. <laughs> you know? I'm Ooh. I'm like 10 years old heavy. when he's telling me heavy. this. Ooh. Yeah, yep. and that's yep. reality. And, and so. so now now you're you're so successful. You are really giving um you look back and and you are giving back now to that 
community, right? In certain ways. Yeah, I I'm I went to high school in Elizabeth High. Uh, I was there for a couple of years. I'm from Hillside, and mm-hmm. I'm from that area of Union County. Yep. And um, yeah, I, I know what it is. You know, once we we settled back in Hillside back after my father's uh, my stepfather passed away, and we settled in Hillside. I have tremendous connection with that community because uh, I play baseball. It was the only, it kept me away from all the negative Mm -hmm. things. You know, you know, it's just uh, baseball and girls. That's all you do, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're a teenager, but um, it it kept me clean. And, uh, but throughout that, I I, I remember seeing a lot of people struggling Mm -hmm. uh, financially and uh, people couldn't eat. And I I saw people struggling uh, through high school. And uh, as I was playing ball, which kept me competitive, it kept my spirit going. And I said to myself, you know, while I was playing, I said, you know what? I want to come back someday and help out a kid like me mm-hmm. who don't. I mean, I used to walk from Hillside to Elizabeth. I, I didn't have we didn't have money back then. So because we lost everything mm-hmm. uh, after my dad's passing. So uh, we were back on the welfare, back on the food stand, back on that crapola stuff. Mm-hmm. That um, that crippled my mom to go forward. It broke her spirit. And I used to fight with her. I said, "We don't need that. I'd rather live under a bridge mm-hmm. than to ask for money from someone else. Don't make other people your problem, their problem." And um, I started working at a young age because I didn't want to be part of that society. Um, and she knew that. Um, so when I saw that, I said, "You know what?" If I ever I become, no, when I do become successful, because mm-hmm. I knew I will you be, knew. I don't know what, because I'll be lying to you if I said I was going to be a panali guy yeah. or whatever, because that's not true. But it, I knew, I knew, knew that I knew could, it. I have the, the drive to do something and that I'm going to come back to Elizabeth and help out some of these kids mm-hmm. because my, my teammates, some, a lot of them were struggling. Mm-hmm. Their parents were on drugs oh. too. It, it was bad. It was terrible. But I said, you know what? When we're on the field, it was paradise. Yeah. It was. Yep. Baseball is paradise for us. So now you sponsor their team? Or yeah. What do? I do every year, I give out like, uh, I, I give out two scholarship, uh, $1,000 each. Great. And I skip the board of ed. Yeah. I give them a check right there in front of their mm-hmm. parents. Uh, you do whatever the hell you want with it. Mm. You know? Because I don't want politics involved in the giving part you know i want right to the kid and the kid is like uh, he's holding a check for a thousand dollars do whatever you want yeah, you know you hurry up and cash it you know <laughs> and then you also don't you um show up and feed the homeless as yes well yes there? they call me up every year and we do it a couple times maybe more than mm-hmm. that um that's you know it, it, listen giving amazing. it's not something i'm going to sit here and preach mm-hmm. because giving should be done without lobbying it that's not what I do. Mm-hmm. I give and I don't tell you. And I'm not going to do that here on the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do give, though. Yeah. And um, yeah. and that's between me and, and the Lord. Yes. Wow. Amazing. I'm I'm uh, moved by your by your story. And now, you know, to see you now and the success of, you know, your brand and your business, um, you know, and, and how you've you've built it. I, I still am. I'm curious how from, you know, you went from Facebook to now, um, you know, your three restaurants and nine food trucks. Um, like, what do you do on a, on a daily basis to build your brand, like day in and day out? Because I always say it's a forever it's job. It's a grind. It's a daily grind. <laughs> it's a, people think it's like, oh, I just, you know, do a post and I'm, I'm done branding. But it's every it's a, touch point. It's a daily grind. I drive my wife nuts. She literally tells me when we get home, I don't want to talk about work. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it. 
Because there's everything is about you, 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 you. I said, no, it's about Empanada Guy. Remember, I'm not Empanada Guy. I'm Carlos Serrano. Hey, Carlos, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my exactly. God, do we have fights. Yeah. And But she's right. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm driving her nuts. But that's why we have a team now. Yes. I have an amazing, amazing team. I have, I got, I, I, I just, um, I got great people behind yeah. me. And, and Empanada Guy is not me. It's it's a brand. It's, a, it's an mm-hmm. organization now. And... I have people now that are running it the way it should be run, the way it should be done. And I have full confidence in what they're doing. They actually tell me, no, Carlos, this is the way we should be doing it. And I'm humble enough to say, okay, let's do it. Yeah. You know, but if you say you're going to do it, do it. Do it. Because if you don't, I'm going to come back. Yes. Because I'm really like uh, very black and white about things. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you can't. You have to, you know, there's there's sometimes a medium to a lot of things. You got to let things reminisce and, and grow. But um, I'm every day, every day yeah. building the business ideas and, you know. Yep. And li- and living the brand. Yeah. Is there anything you tried? I know you um, went through a few different, you know, business models leading yeah. up to now. Anything you, you experimented with that you thought, oh, this is definitely going to work and it might have fizzled out or. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've tried different products um, with, you know, with my business. Um, you can't make it too complicated. I try to make. I made mm-hmm. it complicated, being like put too many flavors, too many this, and it, and it's like you overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to a diner, yeah. you open up the menu, which just looks like a oh, Bible, yeah. right? <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, I know. forty. It's like that stresses me out. The diner you, menu. <laughs> yeah, it's like you got all. It's like a freaking Bible. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So when you're reading that, it's like, I, you know, it takes you thirty minutes to come yeah. to a conclusion on what you want to eat. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we live in a different society now. We are in a microwave society. Mm-hmm. We want things done now. Yep. So I think in the food truck business, it represents that. You see a menu and five, ten things and call it the day. That's it. And I still see food truck with a ton of shit on it and yeah. stuff, and it doesn't work. Mm-mm. Just keep it simple. And I five see people products. aren't talking about them. People are like, this is empanada guy. He makes That's empanadas. It. Like, they're, they're talking about you. But yeah. if someone does, like, yeah. you know, five different when things. When you go to my truck. You get empanadas. Yep. You know, we'll have five flavors, six flavors for that day, and that's it. Cuban mm-hmm. sandwich and rice and beans and call Consistent, it a day. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, smart. we do we don't do pastele, we don't do acapurria, we don't do all these other um mm-hmm. criollo dishes, Latin food. We we might we do those in my other restaurant, but not in the food truck. We keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, the best advice. Yeah, so I yeah, I add some stuff. Uh it didn't work. I I try to dabble with coffee, mm-hmm. you know. I had a great uh, wholesaler that we were we were going to do, but the branding still wasn't out there mm-hmm. yet, and it was just too much. There wasn't enough revenue to justify the means, yeah. So I backed off on it. So I'm very jealous of Holly what she's mm-hmm. built, okay, with Crook, uh, Rook with coffee. Yeah. But so, she's laser. They're laser focused too, you know. I always yeah. say people ask why don't they serve tea because they're not experts in tea. They serve. Coffee. Exactly. And that's how their cult following um, came about. It's awesome. It really is. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, maybe someday we'll get into the coffee business. But yeah, I just stick to what I know. Yes. And just move on. Yep. Yep. So, um, you, and of course, building your brand every day, you have to stay inspired and and think about creative ideas. What what keeps you inspired on a daily basis? Um, My surroundings, which is my family, the girls, I mean, my kids. My wife, uh, just dealing with me on a daily mm-hmm. basis inspires me because she she has to put up with uh, I'm a lot I'm I'm a lot 
But um, what inspires me is the fact that um, we employ so many people. Mm -hmm. We get people have a chance to make money, pay their bills with what we do. And every day I I always think about it. I remember when I started this all by myself in a garage. Mm -hmm. And now we got people paying their mortgage, uh, buying houses and doing buying cars. And, you know, that inspires me. That's very cool. That's amazing. Um, and so I know you guys are expanding and, um, what, what's the plan for the next step? I know we're talking franchising. Yep. Well, the goal is just, we're going national. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen no matter what. Um, but we're going to do it very methodically. We're going to, we're going to do it in Jersey in Philly, um, in the Pennsylvania, whole entire, not the whole entire state of PA. It all depends on who comes on board, but we're going to grow from from here and um right now we're nine trucks with 12 locations and uh, as soon as we get usda approved on our product which allows us to cross the state line mm-hmm. with our food it's going to change it's a game changer because now we can be in supermarkets we can be in restaurants it doesn't matter wow. so i don't even have to technically franchise we can just go wholesale and, and turn this thing upside down but franchising is something that I take personal because I love to teach, inspire people to become entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't come to me for a job. I'm not a guy to, you know, I'm like a job guy, job core guy. I am a, I like to, to preach the gospel of entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. free enterprise, you know, grow your own vegetable, make your own money. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm about. And my goal is to make a quality product, teach people how to, bring that hospitality to the people into all culture and number three free enterprise Mm -hmm. teach people how to become owners okay you you can't i mean free enterprise is what it's about you know i mean yeah you can have a nice job make six figure income but there's nothing bigger and more powerful than being your own boss Mm -hmm. i wake up naturally i don't have to wait for someone to tell me you need to be at the office Mm -hmm. at a certain time and I, I want everybody to become an owner. Mm. That's my my thing there. That is awesome. You're such an um, uh, incredible inspiration. And I think to other, you know, entrepreneurs and especially those who are looking to get into the, um, you know, the food industry. Um, would, is there any advice you might give to someone who might want to, mm. to get do in. a food truck or open well, a restaurant? Um, yeah, <laughs> it's um, there's it's you, you can't play the hokey pokey. That's yeah. all I can tell you. You're either in completely mm-hmm. or you're not. You can't have one leg in, one leg out. It doesn't work. You're going to lose so much money. Um, you need to be fully committed. You need to have a you, you need to have a, a brand. First of all, what's the product or what's the service? Mm-hmm. Number one. Is it in demand? And if it's if it is, then what makes you think that your meatballs are better than that guy down the street mm-hmm. better? Because I got people I'm consulting constantly. Hey, Carlos, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And so what makes you think that your cannolis are better than that cannolis? You know? Yeah. And it was like, oh, my cannolis are the best. OK. Prove it, you know? Um, and then what's your brand? And then they put something that doesn't match mm-hmm. and it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Um well, I can only put this much time in, time out. I said, no, it doesn't work. Success doesn't yeah. work like that. Yeah. And you're either in all the way or not. But I got to go to work. I said, so what? I had three jobs when I first started. 
So I tell them, look, from, ni- from nine to five, you pay your bills. From five on, you build a dream. Mm-hmm. And you got to be out that. there. You yep. have to be out there constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, success comes with no entitlement. You have to pay a price. Every day. And it's forever branding, too. I mean, you know, it's well, not yeah, like it just you stops. Know, it's, uh, you got to, yeah, if you're going to have a food truck, keep it clean, branded, mm-hmm. uh, serve people right, be nice to people, mm-hmm. uh, make a quality product. Um, but uh, some people don't. Yeah. But my advice is you do your research. Before you spend all this money, mm-hmm. and then and, and, and be methodical in your process. Mm-hmm. Love it. That's yeah. that's fantastic advice. Um, and uh, you know, I also I always say, you know, branding is uh, three hundred sixty degree branding. Like every touch point has to feel the same way. And you're such a perfect example. You meet you in you know, you, people meet you in person and you feel a certain way. They see your food truck. They feel a certain way. They see you on social media, your, yeah. you know, email responses. I remember calling Gigi to see if you were available. You were booked by the way, <laughs> like last year, I think. I think I was, I think I was, I was too last minute, uh, but you were booked. But just, I, re- I just remember the feeling. Um, I know this sounds silly, but it, it's not, this is, you know, the customer service, just the, the way she responded so quickly and, yeah. and just the feeling I said, okay, he's not available now, but he's the first one I'm going to call next time because yeah. it just, she left me with such a good feeling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you've definitely nailed the, the all, you know, and let me tell you, that's, that's still an ongoing situation mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm duplicating myself. I have a lot of employees now Yes, and not everybody plays to, this, mm. to the game, to the rules of the game. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, we're, we're trying, we're, we're, we're screwing up. We're still a growing process. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to teach people to have good hospitality, treat people right, you know, and, um, I'm just trying, we're trying really hard in corporate to educate and train people. Hey, listen, that's not the way I rock, you know? Mm -hmm. Like the other day I was talking to one of my new young kid working at the front of the POS. I said, listen, man, don't make, don't make the customer feel like you owe them something, Mm -hmm. like they owe you something. They're there to bring their money. Their money pays your paycheck. That's your paycheck. The least you can do is smile and say, hey, man, thank you for coming. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me like I was like. I just discovered fire or something, you know, and it's like, so that's it's, it's what it so is. Simple, but it's, it's so simple. Yeah. And I said, I said, I said to the kid, I said, do you know how I built my business? I built my business talking to people and making and having fun and joking. And I mean, mm-hmm. I don't expect you to say the jokes I did, yeah. but just have fun with people, interact with them, mm-hmm. you know, and I try to tell everybody, all the employees, yeah. have fun, man. Yeah. Give me eight hours of your life. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. If it's five hours you're working, give me five hours. I know you got problems. Yeah. But guess what? I got problems, too. Mm-hmm. So leave it at the door. Get your bandana on and, and let's rock. So they all wear the bandanas, too. Oh, yeah. Oh. Mandatory. If not, psh, pa fuera. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love it. I love the red. You know, let me tell you, I, 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 there was a time years ago, I was like, man, if I had a company, I would make everybody wear a bandana. <laughs> nah, I don't think that would work. And it does. Look at you now. That's yeah, great. It's like, it so is so cute. how many people are wearing bandanas? Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, yeah, we, we got the hats, too, yes. for some a certain area, especially for the truck. Uh, okay. It is tough with a bandana in the truck. I didn't mm-hmm, realize that. Mm-hmm. So they, they wear a hat, too, but they look so cute. I, yes. I tell you. They look so well, nice with I the bandana. This branding, I mean, I'm just I really like, like when so I opened up. I tell you, when branding. we opened up in Bridgewater, yeah, and I saw everybody with the bandana, I got emotional. I thought it was like a oh, cult. I was a cult man, you yeah. know. And uh, so it was cool. crazy. Everybody had bandanas, the, the black shirt with the logo. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so cool. Yeah. That is, but uh, it was very uh, surreal. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. So I always ask this question. You know, um, 
your brand is really uh, what other people say it is or your customers say it is. What do you hear most on the street of, you know, um, or what, what are people saying behind your back? You know, oh, what about that yeah. empanada guy? Oh, he's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, you know. They say everything, you know. <laughs> that's, you know, that's life. What about you're going to get criticized. Yeah. You're going to get criticized. Yes, yes. But, but you know what? I, I can tell you all the good things. Yeah. But I got to tell you the bad things. Because I hear the good things. I hear, you oh, know. but they criticize, and that's okay. Around. That's part of that's yeah. part of what I signed up for. Yes, yes. You know. Um, and you also have your audience. I always say to people, you're not going to please everyone, and no, you, you know, you absolutely. have your cult followers who are obsessed with your brand, yeah. who are just going to absolutely be loyal and you know spread it's, the word. Um, I, you know, the other day I was telling Gigi, I said, you know, um, I'm a big Kiss follower, by the way. Oh, since 1975, I'm a big Paul Stanley, mm-hmm. Gene Simmons, you know, but they also build an incredible brand. And I saw and I and I saw an interview with Paul Stanley years ago. And he goes, you know, how do you feel about wearing the makeup all the time? Because this is before they were mm-hmm. they were revealed themselves. He goes, he goes, you know, how do you feel? You have to hide your face all the time. You have you live in a bubble. You know, everybody sees you. You, you, say, you know, this is you're you're like a prisoner in your own success, you know? Mm. He goes, Listen, I signed up for this. I created this brand. I make millions of dollars. Who am I to be bitching about? This is Paul Stanley. He says, yeah. I signed up for this. And Gene is like, you're right. You know, it's they're prisoners. You don't know the stuff those guys went through um, to to keep that business going. They mm-hmm. And this is by 1978. They were over $100 million just on merchandising. Wow. Just on merchandising. Yeah. So, But he's like, I'm a prisoner. But I that's what I signed up for. Sure. Mm-hmm. So now... I kind of like, I didn't realize that what I was doing, again, I'm not that bright when it comes to this stuff. I said, okay. And Gigi always said, you're the brand, you're the brand. I said, you know, and then now I'm sitting in the car. I'm at a, I'm at a stop sign. Somebody cut me off and I'm about to say, desgraciado, you know, and then calling them names. And I'm like holding back. I said, I can't do that no more. You know, because now my face is on everything. Yes. And mm-hmm. I can't like curse you out and tell you how I really feel about you. So now, um, yeah, I'm a little prisoner, a little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. Nowhere near Kiss. I'm just sure. trying to, you know, educate myself on where what pickle I got myself mm-hmm, into. Mm-hmm. So yes, um, I'm a brand, and now I'm stuck. You know, so I always tell my wife, <laughs> I'm gonna cut my face off, put your face in it, or I tell Tanya, put her face on it. You know, or Christina, the people on yeah. my staff. I yes. say, you, you understand. Yeah. And I, I just want to walk away. I want to resign. I want to get out of here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But it is. It is, uh, is kind of. Right? <laughs> yeah, but it is. Um, this is such a small scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, you but know, I, I. It is. I get it. I, now it's different. The mm-hmm. game, the rules of the game has changed for mm-hmm. me. And now you're going national, so. Yeah, so it's going to get worse. Yes. <laughs> it's going to get worse. It's, you know, so, um, yeah. Oh, well. But I can't bitch and complain about no, it. No, no. This is it what I've been given. Territory, right? it, it pays my bills, and I'm able to employ a lot of people, yeah. and, and that's it. And we're going to employ a ton of other people yeah. and help other people own their own business. That is so So cool. I would never sit here and complain about yeah. my situation. That's so I'm cool. very blessed. Well, um, here at, you know, at Brand Groupies, we obsess about um, bands the way we obsess about brands. And I feel like music makes you feel a certain way, just like food yeah. kind of does. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I know you mentioned Kiss. Are there, what are your, like, what, do you have a favorite band or is that? Yes. Is that I'm a, you know, my wife is like, <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big Narrow 80s guy. Yes. Uh, 
Um, but I'm very diverse because mm-hmm. I, I grew up um, in black neighborhoods, Latino neighborhoods, white neighborhood, doesn't matter. And I in high school, I hung out with all the groups, mm-hmm. the, the, the goth group, the, the jocks. The Portuguese, the Italians, yeah. the Puerto Ricans. I used to hang out with all of them. I used to have a girlfriend from all different cults, you know? <laughs> and that's the way I rocked, you know? Yeah. The goth, the goth girlfriend, she had yeah. to go. Okay. <laughs> she was too – the eyeliners were just too much for me, you know? But the point is that, um, yeah, um, what's the question again? Oh, oh your band. <laughs> Did you have a favorite band? My favorite Maybe. band. We can do a genre. We can do the 80s. <laughs> I'm a big, <laughs> believe it or not, I know it's corny, but I'm a big Total fan, oh, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, they, um, because then I realized why I love the music in, in all. I'm a big yes. R&B guy. Mm-hmm. But then I realized there were the guys behind Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm-hmm. They're the guys that did uh, Thriller. They're the guys that did uh, Bob Skaggs and did Richard Marks and did all these mm-hmm. things that I was listening to. You know, it's like, whoa. But, I, you know, I got into them. I like, I'm a level 42 guy. I like the British Invasion. Yes. You know, the Duran Duran. The, yeah. You know, uh, the Fix. You know, I love uh, B-52s. Uh, gosh, you it. name it. The Alarms. I love the Alarms. Uh, yeah, I love all that stuff. Yeah, you name it. So cool. I'm very direct. But I can go that and listen to Sajsa. Sure. And and then you can get me into Metallica. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to my my music, I, you're like, Whoa. All so over. I listen to everything. So yeah. I'm good. That's great. And one of my favorite songs is from D Train, a, uh-huh. a little R and B band guy, solo. Yep. And he came out with this song back in 1983, I think, at 82. And it's uh, "Keep On." Keep on. And the lyrics to it just blew my mind. In towards the second verse on it, because he he epitomized my whole entire life. Wow. All wow. in one song. Yep. I mean, it's a great beat, you sure, know, and all that. Sure. But if I listen to it, I get emotional. Wow. Yeah, well, I really you totally do. beat me to the the uh, yeah. the question because uh, we always ask what what song represents your brand. So that is super cool. We we really yeah. uh, it need really to listen does. to that. It represents me, you know. The yep. Whole, the whole story, you know, and struggle and all the crap, and, and you know what? I'm gonna still have a lot of. I got still stuff on my plate. Mm. I got to deal with. Yeah. Uh, nothing's gonna stop. Me. Yeah. Well, this has been so inspiring. And uh, everyone out there, the Empanada Guy is um, at uh, on, on Facebook and social media. It's Empanada Guy Empanada 1 guy. on Instagram. Yep. Right? And Facebook and EmpanadaGuy.com. And uh, thank you so much, Carlos. This has been so much fun. I am like you. It's an honor. So inspired by your brand, your story, where you've you know come. And I wish you all the um, success in the world with your nationwide rollout. That yes. is incredible and, and next time i will bring you in but I'll, yeah <laughs> we'll do the segment uh okay we'll, we'll do that we'll bring the truck here we'll yes. have a big party oh yeah this is only yeah, yeah. first step sounds yeah. good okay oh well, thanks again for Thank being you. a guest all right